listening to The Martial Brain, the podcast that explores the intersection between the martial arts, science, critical thinking, skepticism, and that wacky organ that floats inside our skulls in a pool of cerebral spinal fluid, making life unpredictably inspiring, infuriating, and sometimes just batshit crazy. I'm Jeff Westfall for The Martial Brain. Interspecies Combat Part 2 Or So what if you was to fight a chimp? Last time, I began discussing a hypothetical situation in which a trained human martial artist fights a chimpanzee. I spent most of the time, though, discussing why this particular scenario makes me very uncomfortable. Today, however, I'm actually going to talk about the nuts and bolts of how I think a human might try to fight a chimpanzee. If you do an online search about this subject, you will see a great many results that tell you categorically that the human has no chance. While I agree that a chimp would be a formidable and dangerous opponent, I'm not going to go quite that far. First, as is so often necessary, let's dispel a myth. This myth is the commonly reported misconception that an adult chimp is three to five times stronger than a human. Now, this idea seems to originate in a study of chimps from nearly a century ago, in 1923. That part of the study that compared the strengths of the two species was badly designed, badly executed, and failed to control for a number of variables. A much better, more recent study carefully studied chimpanzee anatomy and found that they are not quite the superspecies we had thought. It turns out that chimps have a much higher proportion of fast-twitch to slow-twitch muscle fibers than do humans. And each chimpanzee muscle cell is also longer than corresponding human cells. The result is that chimps are stronger, pound for pound, of muscle than humans, but only about 1.3 to 1.5 times as strong. The abundance of fast-twitch fibers makes them explosive and fast but it also makes them have poorer endurance than humans. Humans have the advantage of being larger, in most cases, and our higher proportion of slow-twitch muscle fibers means that our endurance is superior to that of chimps. As a matter of fact, most of us humans don't realize that when it comes to cardiovascular endurance, we are something of a superspecies ourselves. You see, most species are sprinters, this is because they are either predator or prey, and the killing is done up close and personal with claws and fangs. But humans evolved the intelligence to make hunting weapons, along with opposable thumbs and shoulder joints that allowed us to use those weapons, to strike from a distance well beyond the range of fang and claw. We also evolved vast cardiovascular potential and the unusual ability to sweat over most of the surface area of our bodies to cool ourselves down. Humans regularly run marathons for the competitive joy of it. That's 26 miles, 385 yards. And of course, there are ultramarathoners that run more than 100 miles at a time. Animals, even dogs, 
wolves, and horses don't run much further than half of a marathon before they are forced to stop and rest and cool down. That's been our edge for hundreds of thousands of years. We wound the deer, or the mastodon, and then begin patiently chasing it, following its blood trail. At first, of course, it outruns us, but cardiovascular endurance is our superpower, so it can't do so forever. Eventually, we run it down, kill it, and eat it. Getting back to our fight with the chimp, one huge problem for our human combatant is the chimpanzee's teeth. Male chimpanzees have impressively large canine teeth, or fangs, and they are their go-to weapon. They especially target their opponent's genitals, throat, face, and hands for their biting attacks. While a bite from a chimpanzee's fangs is a very serious attack, as it turns out, our anthropoid cousins actually have slightly less bite power than do we humans. It's long been thought that the opposite was true. The huge sagittal crest on the chimpanzee's skull anchors enormous jaw muscles. You would think they would have a hugely powerful bite. But recent study shows that while humans have smaller jaw muscles than chimps, our skulls are structured in such a way that the human bite is more than 150% as efficient in force generation as that of a chimp. The result is more force from less muscle. While I probably wouldn't try to bite the hypothetical chimp I'm fighting, I have felt human bites before. Having that experience as a baseline, it's nice to know that the chimp doesn't have pit bull jaws to power those prodigious fangs. But instead, jaws weaker than my own. But be that as it may, when chimps fight, one of their most favored tactics is to grab you with their hands, pull in with their powerful arms, and get you close enough to bite. While their teeth may be just a tad less frightening than we had thought, their arms are very strong and longer than their legs. Another consideration is to think about what the chimp is fighting for. Is this simply a dominance hierarchy primate that wants to make sure that I know exactly where he sits and where I sit in the hierarchy? In that case, a far more effective tactic would probably be to either play dead or go to turtle position. If it's just about expressing dominance, you are unlikely to be killed if you show submission. Nothing is without its risk, though. And chimps have a bit of a bad reputation for accidentally killing each other during dominance submission battles. That would be your call. But if you can tell that this chimp really wants to kill you, you had better be ready to fight. Since I'm not going to start a fight with a chimpanzee, that means that I'm being attacked. And since chimps are not renowned for their striking skills at long range, I'm guessing that the ape in question will be attempting to close the distance by charging at me. Chimps can run on all fours faster than Usain Bolt, the fastest human ever clocked, can run on two feet on his fastest day. It's pointless to try to outrun them. But few things are easier than evading a charging opponent. Of course, you won't win the fight by simply evading charges but you may get in a few well-placed strikes in the process. 
And more importantly, if you pull this off well, you just might make the chimpanzee think twice about charging at you, and perhaps even fatigue him a bit. In any case, you're probably going to eventually need to deal with the chimpanzee in grappling range. Considering the danger of the ape's vicious bite, the safest thing here, of course, would be to get to his back. If you can do that, and get your hooks in, and secure a harness grip over one shoulder and through the other armpit, securely getting one forearm under his chin so as not to get your forearm savaged by those vicious teeth, you are in pretty good shape. You can definitely assume that the chimp will go ballistic once you've gained this position. But between whatever technical skill you possess and the fact that the chimp doesn't have a tremendous amount of endurance, it's quite plausible that you could ride out the storm until he tires. From there, flowing to a rear naked arm choke should be no more difficult than with a human opponent. And you will have safely and fairly humanely defeated the chimp by putting him to sleep. If you're smart, you will now get the hell away before he wakes up. If you aren't able to get to the chimpanzee's back and find yourself grappling with him from the front, you must quickly and effectively deal with his teeth. Now it strikes me that this means reducing the movement of his head and jaws as quickly as possible. The best way to do this would be, if you're able, to secure top position so that the chimp's head is against the earth, and at the same time, I shit you not, jam one of your forearms directly into his jaws, wedging them apart. Here's my logic. While of course you will not come away from such a tactic undamaged, most of the real damage from a bite doesn't result from the bite itself, but from whatever violent maneuver or technique the biting animal uses to rip away the flesh. In the case of alligators and crocodiles, this is frequently a sudden spin on their long axis, like a log rolling, exerting tremendous force against the bitten flesh. A dog or a wolf is more likely to brace on their legs and viciously shake their head from side to side. In any case, if you can immobilize the head, preventing or at least inhibiting its ability to pull away, there's little to no ability to tear your flesh. From there, you're going to hold the position and take advantage of your superior endurance, waiting for the chimp to exhaust himself as he struggles. If, however, you are unable to get to the top position, a scarier and grittier version of the same technique suggests itself. That means that you will still need to force your forearm between the chimp's jaws, but at the same time secure something like a collar tie or some other form of forehand grip at the back of his neck or head so that you can create an opposing force, pulling with one arm at the back of his head while driving with the forearm that is in his mouth. So, assuming that you can gain this position and maintain it, you should now either seek to sweep or force the opponent onto his back and gain top position. If you can do this, you have gained the ability to use the earth as a backstop for your pressure, as I described earlier. From there, you would, again, wait for your superior endurance to assure survival. If you can manage to neutralize the chimpanzee's biting attacks, I think you've greatly reduced his fighting ability. Let's face it, without his teeth, the chimp is little more than a talented but untrained ground-and-pounder who finds himself pinned on his back. 
Many a good jiu-jitsu man and woman have easily held down much stronger opponents long enough for them to become exhausted. Now, am I saying that I really think these tactics might work? No, I'm not. Who the hell knows? I'm simply postulating what I might try if I found myself in this unenviable hypothetical situation. I'd have to try something. Who the hell knows what might work? So far as I know, the number of times that a trained martial artist has fought an adult male chimpanzee is zero. In statistics, this is referred to as an N of zero. If it had happened only once, it would be an N of one, which is pretty much equally inconclusive as an N of zero. In the end, of course, this discussion is more than a bit silly and one that I submit is very nearly impossible to resolve in any way that is meaningful. To effectively test my hypotheses about how to fight a chimp, or for that matter anyone else's hypotheses, would require a large sample size. That means at least dozens, if not hundreds, of man-on-chimp bouts to gather data. Of course, short of something set up by a supervillain, a psychopathic oligarch, or a post-apocalyptic ruler, no such test would or could ever happen. And yet humans will still argue angrily over their beers and bongs about such silly hierarchical questions. The fact that we love to do so says a lot about us as a species. So, could a trained martial artist beat a chimp in a fair fight? I really hope we never find out. Anyway, that's what I think, but I could be wrong. Let me know what you think, and check out old episodes of the Martial Brain Podcast at my website, rpmartialarts.com. I'm Jeff Westfall for the Martial Brain. The Martial Brain is produced by Raging Squirrel Productions, in association with the Rising Phoenix Martial Arts Academy. If you like the podcast and would like to help it grow, go to iTunes or Stitcher and give it an honest rating and review. Contact me with questions about the Martial Brain or about the Rising Phoenix Academy at my website, rpmartialarts.com. <laughs>